Hello and welcome to this episode of the Clean Bill of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Galen Nuttall. And as always, this is the spot where I interview people who are out to enhance the lives of physicians, especially in Canada. This is where I talk to people around about such topics such as health, wealth, relationships, well-being, side hustles, practice management, and much more. Now, there are a few big changes that I want to make sure you are aware of. So first off, as always, you can head on over to galenhelpsdocs.com. That's G-A-L-E-N helpsdocs.com to sign up for the financial literacy challenge I've created, a series of videos and a worksheet uh, where I tackle big questions I get around finances, like how to make the most of the medicine professional corporation, what are the different types of insurance and investments I should be looking at in Canada, and then pitfalls I see around retirement planning in Canada. So head on over for that. And once you do sign up for that, you'll be on my mailing list and you'll be the first to know when I have a new episode out or when I have a new whiteboard video out where I'm making complex financial concepts simple. Now, big news, if you do have on over the site, you're going to see that there's a new button there where you can book a free, no strings attached consult with me. That's for anyone who's saying, look, Galen, I love the idea of your videos. I love the idea of the workbook. I'm not sure I'm going to find time for all that. I just have one big burning question I'd love answered, or I want some of your time to answer these questions. Head on over there. If you want to get in touch with me, if you want to spend some time and ask me a question, be sure to head on over there and book a spot. Last big, big announcement, huge one. I have started recording masterclass sessions with my guests. So we are covering amazing topics such as how to start a side business quickly, important concepts around money mindset, and much more. And those videos are only available when you sign up for the challenge. There's a section in there in the membership site was the masterclass series. So when you get to the end of an episode and you hear me talking about the masterclass session that I'm about to film with the the guest, that's where you're going to find it. So thanks so much for tuning in for these updates and on with the show. All right, everyone. Welcome to a Clean Bill of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Galen Nuttall, and I'm joined today with Dr. Annie Galley. And Dr. Galley, in case you don't know, is a family physician and life coach out of uh, Calgary, right? Yes, I'm in Calgary, Alberta. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm on Zoom. I always forget where people are. <laughs> I need to like put it in a big sticky note out of Calgary, Alberta. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, welcome to the show, Dr. Galley. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. I know. I'm very excited to talk about what you're up to in the world and how as a physician, you've also got the life coaching going on. Like I just find it fascinating when, um, yeah, when physicians take on something outside of their practice um, and to see how that came about. So yeah, is there anything around your introduction that I missed that I should add in that you'd like to make sure people know about you? Sure. No, I mean, I'm a family physician and life coach, just like you said, um, working in Calgary. And I work with um, overachievers, and helping them find clarity. And what's fascinating about clarity is it's like this unicorn that everyone chases and everyone wants, right? And it actually, clarity comes from action. And so what I truly do is help people become unstuck so they can move into action. Um, and a lot of times that's stuck in overwhelm for the pop, for the people that I attract. Um, a lot of them physicians, um, tend to go into overwhelm. And so I help them become unstuck from that. Yeah, no, I love that clarity coming from action. Because I think a lot of times, I certainly get stuck in a pattern of I think clarity is going to come from me thinking more about something, or analyzing more about something, or planning more about something. <laughs> like, I'll, I have these giant pieces of paper on the house where I'll map things out. And I'm like, this is the, what I'm going to do. But none of it means anything until I take action. So that's really cool. Absolutely. And I found that again and again in my personal life and again and again in all my clients' lives, it's the number one most important thing to get you going. So we look at a lot about overwhelm and um, 
Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of important to kind of define overwhelm in a lot of ways. (laughs) I mean, if you look at Google, it says like bury beneath a huge mass or I I like this one to give too much of a thing, right? To kind of overburden ourselves. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think um, overwhelm is just an unrealistic to-do list that in our heads that we just feel compelled to accomplish like every day. (laughs) And so for me, that's what overwhelm is. And what I feel passionate about helping people um, become break free from. Yeah. Um, and I think for physicians, like we have these um, wonderful traits, like we have these wonderful traits that we're empathic, caring, intelligent, reliable, but we're also perfectionists. We're people pleasers. We do have this all or nothing thinking and all of those in combination um, with kind of our society's norms of like trying to fit it all in and, have this big balance of all the things and do well with all of it um, just really perpetuates this overwhelm in um, physicians as well as um, other professionals that um, I think is not necessary. Yeah. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that I just, I think that there's just a common, I think a common sort of consensus that it isn't, it is, it is going to be that way. Like you are going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be dealing with this. And it's like, it is the way it is. Um, especially among high achievers and physicians where there's just so many things on the plate and so many things on the go. And, but I, what I was going to ask, and you did answer it a bit, was like, what's up with high achievers? <laughs> like, like you're saying, like you have all these wonderful traits of, but it's, there's also like this element of like high achieving, but also overwhelm like slash lack of contentment and like clarity, like you were saying, like what's, what's up with that? Yeah. I think that what happens is we almost these overachievers and I put myself in this umbrella as well, right? Because that's how I came into life coaching, right? Is that we are all of these traits that we have can actually work against us. right? Mm-hmm. So if we try to please everyone, we're going to please no one. And we're certainly not going to please ourselves, right? <laughs> if we think that everything's going to be, has to be perfect or it's not good enough, we're never going to win, right? So it's like that. So that's why I talk about this like perpetual list that we always have. But the reality is you never get through the list. And so this, it's, it's like this cycle that you never get out of. So it's no. this, this, you know, you're in the hamster wheel over and over and it shows up. So overwhelm can show up um, as being stuck, right? So you're just not moving forward, not making decisions, not, um, you know, doing what you, you should be doing. Um, and then for me, it was like, I loved my life. Like really, truly, like things are good, right? Like had a good job, like all the things. But it's like you want to have a pause button or something. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, hey, can I just pause my life for a second? I just need just just two minutes. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, can I just, you know? Um, and the other thing is, is that I think that overwhelm for overachievers, it's almost like our life starts happening to us rather than for us, right? Like we mm. don't take ownership or make choices of how we want to have our lives play out. We just kind of... Oh, this is how it's supposed to be. I have two small kids and I work full time. Oh, this is just how it is. And it kind of getting that, it's like we get this kind of, oh, that's how it is, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say that it doesn't have to be that way. Got it. So I'd love to dive into 
um, you know, what if there was a pivotal moment, you mentioned a little bit about how, you know, life's good, but you felt like you needed this pause button. I'd be interested to know if there's a pivotal moment that got you interested in life coaching. And then maybe a look at like specifics around, um, you know, examples of some people that have come to you with overwhelm and how you've helped get them out of it. And one thing I want to say very quickly about the to-do list is... Um, so every time I interview anyone who's talking about high achievers, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm one too, because I never classify myself as one. Like, I don't think of myself as one. But then like, when they talk about the characteristics, I'm like, check, check, check. Um, a picture that gave me a lot of, um, uh, I guess, like uh, peace of mind is uh, one of my favorite pictures in the world is a picture of Einstein's office the day he passed away after he passed away. And it's like his desk is covered in books and papers. His chalkboard is covered in stuff. It's like, he didn't finish. And it's like, and I'm like, and it's, and like, I, I got peace with that. Like, cause like, I'm going to live at the end of my life. If like, it'll be good if I've still got things on the go. Cause it means that like, I'm living a full life. And like that idea of getting to the end of a to-do list is simply not like, if you're keeping a to-do list, you'll never get to the end of it because it's like, that's exactly. just not possible. Like, it's not even the purpose of a to-do list. Like, I mean, I don't know how to actually like get to the end of it because there's always other things coming up, but yeah. I just thought I'd throw that out there. It's like my favorite picture in the world is like Einstein's office. Just like he wasn't done. And like, I won't be done at the end of my life either. I'm going to leave behind a whole bunch of whiteboards full of stuff that I didn't get around to finishing. Yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, that's like just growth, like perpetual growth, right? Like we're always looking at something else. And that's beautiful. I think what's fascinating about when I use the word overachievers is people just like discount themselves as being overachievers. And I think that that actually is like a character trait where we kind of, we underplay how what we've accomplished we underplay our role we underplay um like how kick-ass we are in the mm -hmm. world right and I, I have a lot of my um clients come in and their first session is just me kind of talking about that and we often do like a lot of work on just being like Tell me about what you have done, right? And stand into that, right? Because overachievers in general just keep trying to go to the next thing, right? Mm -hmm. We don't celebrate where we are. And a lot of times I work with my clients to do that, right? And I sit there rather than moving on. Um, so it's really fascinating that you're like, hey, I'm not really an overachiever. And you're like, mm. <laughs> well, it's funny because and I, 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 think, I love it that you're saying that I think a, a, um, a characteristic of overachievers that they don't self-identify as, as high achievers or overachievers. And it's funny because I'm, so I'm a big fan of coaching. I've always got like for the last six years of my life at every given point, I've had a coach in my life that's helped me see things that I wasn't going to see on my own. And I'm a huge fan of the work uh, that you're doing. And um, one of the things I had to do for one of my coaching programs was interview people in my life and be like, how would you describe me? And the one word that everyone had in common was driven. And then I came back with my results and I jokingly said to my coach, well, my friends obviously don't know me very well. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't see myself as driven. And I'm like, I don't know what it would take to see myself as driven, but I don't see myself as driven. And so it was pretty funny, like insight. And I mean, I imagine most people that you're coaching, if they ask their friends, they'd be like, oh my gosh, you've always got so much on the go or you always get so many things done. I mean, I imagine there's people that are achieving high things in fitness and family and travel and, and business and everything. So like, there's one of those people for other people that are doing a lot, but they themselves don't see it or they don't stop and celebrate. Yeah, they don't stop or celebrate or, or like um, become aware of, right? And, and it's so fascinating because um, like overachievers in general, um, they they don't see how phenomenal they are. Right. And mm. so what is interesting and what life coaching kind of comes down to, and whether you're working on weight loss, um, I think you had, you know, 
I don't know, burnout, you're working on overwhelm, you're working on relationships, you're working on whatever. Um, it all comes down to self-worth and our self-concept and our self-confidence. And I think for me, coaching has done the like the biggest benefit for me has been my self-concept and how I think about and mm. how I talk about um, myself to myself is um, has helped me show up more authentically as a mom, as a physician, as a life coach. And the reason I do the life coaching is because I just want to share this information with people because it is the secret sauce. So you can go along and love your life, right? Um, achieve, you know, do well, all that kind of stuff. A life coach just helps you become more intentional with that and allows you to look forward and choose how you want things to go. And that's just so powerful. So yeah, can't say enough about that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm definitely like, and like you were tying back, like so the intentionality in, in life. And then also you'd mentioned earlier, they create a life that I can't remember exactly how you put it, but it doesn't work for them. It's like they're working in the life rather than it working for them. Yeah, like shifting yeah. that. Yeah. No, I love yeah. that. And so was there a pivotal moment where you just like, were like, this is the, this is the, like you've already said the secret sauce, like this is it. Like what was there a moment? No, I'm like, totally oh sold. Um, yeah. So I guess for me, a couple years ago, just over almost three years now, um, my mom passed away suddenly from stage four lung cancer. And so that was, she was my best friend and very close to me. And so that was a pretty big um, um event in my life. And so after that time, I did the counseling thing. I kind of went through all that. Um, and then I got to the point where I was kind of searching for more. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it's like I had my head up. And I think that at that time, I definitely was in and out of overwhelm, um, but I didn't recognize it at all. I had no idea. Um, I just thought it was normal that, you know, because I had two small kids and all that kind of stuff. And so I ended up um, finding self-coaching from podcasts. I'm a huge podcast listener. So I'll start listening to your podcast more too. I do it when I walk my dog. I don't know if anyone else does that or, or you know, clean the house, that kind of thing. And then, um, yeah, I soon after that, I was like, okay. And I signed up for um, teacher training through the life coach school. And then uh, here I am. And now I'm coaching. It's wonderful. Yeah. So it sounds like it took you from, from that state, like you weren't even necessarily aware of coming in and out of overwhelm. No. And then you went through an experience that helped you identify that. And then what did it help shift for you? I guess the biggest shift for me in coaching was that nothing had to change in my life for me to enjoy it more. And that truly is it. I, I, I actually, a lot, you know, a lot of things haven't really changed. I mean, yes, we're in a global pandemic and I can talk about that as well. I think that I think, I guess our biggest thing um, in this global pandemic, and this is more to do with like mental health and emotional health, but as physicians and professionals and overachievers, we all had like our own toolkits for emotional health before pe the pandemic kind of mm -hmm. hit, right? And then the pandemic hit. And we really had to kind of bear down on those, right? And what I think is important is that we really take a second to acknowledge that our mental and emotional health is kind of number one, okay? Mm -hmm. So investing in our mind, investing in that really permeates into all facets of our life, right? And so for me, when I actually started like investing in my mind, investing in thought work, investing in coaching, um, that's where everything shifted for me. I don't feel overwhelmed. I'm looking forward and like thinking intentionally about what I want. Um, 
It's helped me in my relationships, um, how I show up in my confidence as a physician, as a female physician, as a leader. Um, and so for me, it has shifted everything. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm hearing that. I mean, so like, just so everyone's hundred percent aware of this, like you are a practicing physician. Oh yeah. You are full-time. Yeah. Full-time practicing physician. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, and it's funny. Yeah. No, I'm a practicing physician in, in, in COVID times. I think, I don't know how many times I've been swamped in this pandemic, but a lot. We're always on outbreak. So yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely like when I've met, I mean, this year is one of the reasons why I shifted my podcast so from financial topics so much more towards health and well-being for physicians is because just so many conversations in a row with my clients dealing with overwhelm and like burnout. I mean, just yeah, really and like consistently. Burned, 100%. And it kind of like goes hand in hand, right? Um, mm. And I think it's so fascinating because coming back to the overachiever, just kind of achieving all these amazing things, like physicians have so much education under their belt, so much like they're so brilliant. Right. Um, and I talk about them still because I'm like, who am I, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we're not brilliant, brilliant. but I'm like, you know what I mean? It's, you know, and I, but, but it's true. I'm like, wow, what phenomenal humans. And they're so empathic. And there's this, you know, this pandemic has been put all of them to, to the, to the limit, right? Like I'm not an ICU doctor. I'm not an ER physician. And I have friends going through that. And I think that they need all the support they can get for sure. So. Yeah. And like, and even, I mean, if you think about some of the specialists who maybe aren't overwhelmed, like surgeons or maybe like radiologists, but they're dealing with the uncertainty of having things rescheduled constantly and yeah, like thinking yeah. they're going to perform a surgery and then it doesn't happen because they have to go somewhere else and it's just everywhere. Um, and I love what you said about like the big realization you had around not having to actually change anything about your life to yeah. enjoy it and not being overwhelmed. And I think that that's a, that's even hitting me where I'm like, is that how that works? Because it's always like, <laughs> yes, it's like, yes, what's it wrong is. with my life that I'm not enjoying it to the fullest or that I'm in overwhelm? What do I need to change? And yeah. you're saying one of the big realizations is you can act, you can shift. And I mean, what is it? Like, is it a shift of perception of way of being? Like, what, what do you yeah. shift? Is really just shifting your thinking, mm. truly. And I, I think that's... Um, so overwhelm is coming from what we're telling ourselves, right? The story we're telling ourselves about the list we have, right? So you have a list, right? I mean, we all have a list. Like you have kids, I have kids. I'm a full-time physician. I have a husband. I have a a dog that barfs on the carpet. carpet. You know what I mean? Like I have all the things, you know what I mean? (laughs) The, The ailing parents, the house being sold, the house, you know, all these things, right? And there's always a list, but the list is actually just a neutral entity. Yeah. Right. It's what we're telling ourselves about the list. Mm. Right. And often we're telling ourselves we have to do this or we should be able to do all of this. Right. And we're just constantly telling ourselves that. Right. And that creates a feeling of overwhelm. It just does. Right. And so becoming more aware of your, how you were thinking and how you're showing up there can change everything truly, because that list, you really don't have to do any of it. Do you? Like really? Right. Right. Like it's actually a choice to do that list. Right. It's mm-hmm. completely and a hundred percent a choice. And that becomes more empowering, right? Like it's saying, I'm choosing to have kids. I'm choosing to have this job. I'm choosing to be an entrepreneur. I'm choosing to be a doctor. Um, 
it feels so much better than not. And I think um, that kind of shift and perspective happens with life coaching. And there's so many different avenues of life coaching, right? There's like self-coaching, like you can do a podcast and listen to it and then do your own coaching. There's one-on-one coaching, which I prefer because I'm an introvert and like Mm -hmm. to have a relationship with somebody every week, that kind of thing. So maybe that's your jam. And then there's like the group coaching, right? So it, all of it is beautiful. I think you said that you had um, Dr. Blake on and she's doing mm-hmm. beautiful work in like a group setting, right? It's amazing, right? Um, but there's a lot of physicians that are doing one-on-one or retreats or all these different avenues. And I think all of them are the right answer. That's mm. what fits for you, right? Yeah, who absolutely. You, who you connect with. That's it. Yeah, and I love that idea of like that self-coaching, group coaching, one-on-one and like to go back to the list for a second, like the list has the power that we give to it, like in the sense of like, and I certainly can identify, like, I mean, one of the ways I do quote unquote lists is I put things in my calendar and I look at like, okay, am I going to get that done? Am I not going to get that done? And then I have ones that I push out every week. And so I have like just this one, basically Sundays for me is just like this crazy full of things that I'm like, but then eventually like, it's funny. Some of them I look at and I'm like, why did I ever think that was important? Like, And it's partially just not being cognizant in the moment of like, is this a critical thing that I have to do or could someone else do it? Or, you know, does it even need to get done? And then I just keep pushing it. And then finally, some of them gets like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know why I thought that was so important. Um, But yeah, no, totally. I can definitely see myself when I'm like in a good space and I look at that. It's like, cool. That's a lot of stuff. Um, but I've, I got to deal with what's in front of me right now. And other times I look at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) that's such a pile of stuff. I'm never going to get to it all. That just gets longer every day. And I can see how it really comes down to like how I'm thinking about it. Yeah. hundred percent. Our thoughts are everything. They give us our results every single day. And I think the more we can become aware, um, and cognizant of that and how we are thinking, how we're talking to ourselves the more freedom we create. We just create the freedom Mm. from there. Yeah. And I think that it potentially sounds too good to be true um, as I interview. For sure. Because I do have personal experience with coaching and I've seen shifts happen like very quickly uh, in my life. Like my one of the big things before I was getting coached around anything was time. I just walked around all day long saying, I don't have time. I don't, I have, don't time. have enough time. I don't have enough time. The and scarcity guess, of time, right? Yeah. And guess what? <laughs> that I never comes time. back into coaching, into charting too for physicians. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah the charting that was, that mm-hmm. one is, yeah, that one's been shared quite a bit. The, uh, the yeah. charting one. Um, yeah. But like when I walked around saying I didn't have time, that's what I got at the end of the day yeah. was like, I don't have time. And then when I shifted that to be like, I create time or like, you know, really like shifting my beliefs around what I had for time. It totally changed my relationship with time and my calendar. Cause I'm like, yeah, if I run around and I mean, I see a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs. I mean, when I meet back in the good old days of in-person networking, it's like, how are you doing? Good, busy. It's like, good, busy. Like that's like the answer. And everyone's just kind of like, okay, good. That's a good sign. You're busy. And it's like, maybe busy isn't like the badge of honor. It it is like, you know, maybe it's not really that badge of honor. Maybe it's like content. Like what if that was the, you know, or yeah. something, or like you said, I'm, I'm clear or like, I have clarity. Like, how's I'm it going? Clear. I'm, I'm clear. I'm good. <laughs> People be like, what? <laughs> but are you busy? <laughs> yeah. But I think like our society perpetuates this, like we have to be busy to be productive or like it, it, you, you have to, you know, kind of that's you being a professional is if you're busy, then you're successful mm-hmm. or something. Well, um, I love, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. But yeah, I, 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 I 
full, fully agree with how you're talking about time and stuff like that. And yes, like a lot of this stuff, it seems too good to be true, but practice well. And, and it, that's what I said. You can do any sort of way you want to practice this kind of stuff. Um, but you will get more results if you work with a coach mm-hmm. as well, because it, it helps you kind of stay, um, um, focused. Right. And a lot of times, like for a lot of my um, people that I work with and physicians are actually um, female physicians who are moms as well. Mm. And so 45 minutes of actually just like intentional time thinking about you is like this, like <laughs> perfect, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And so for myself, the, I use that as sacred time every week with my own coach. Right. And that helps me just set myself up um, and really clearly think about what I want and how I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm definitely like, I'm 100% on board with the power of having someone like you in one's life to have, like you just said, hold that sacred space because people won't typically do that for themselves. Like they're not typically going to take the time out of the day to do that. And like sometimes with my coach, all it is is like, they're not even necessarily like, quote unquote, telling me what to do. It's like just having that space to say what I'm dealing with. A lot of times I'll work through problems like very well on my own just because I've taken the time to talk to someone else about it who I know is listening from like a place of contribution and love. And like, I'm not worried about them berating me or like, you know, any of that. It's like, it's very cool to have that space to like, to take that. And I I can't help but wonder, like, can you share a, um, I know like obviously privacy, privacy and confidentiality and all that, but like, can you give an example of like, what does, what's an example of someone who's come to you and said, you know what, I'm really experiencing overwhelm. And then like, what are sort of the steps or like, what does it look like for that person to shift from that place of overwhelm to like, oh, like I'm clear now? Yeah, I guess it's like different for every single one of my clients. And like, I can't really like divulge information, (laughs) but I would definitely say that um, I had an aha with a client the other day and we've been working together for just over three months. And she came to me and she said, you know what? I realized that I don't have to do this job. Like I could say no. If I, if, if, if I ask for the time I want because she has kids and stuff like that and they didn't give it to me, it would be okay. And I could, I could find something else. Mm. And so for her, that realization of just knowing that she has a choice and that she has a it, her she's living her life more intentionally she's looking forward um cuz when we first started working together she was just in like oh i don't have enough time i'm mm. just completely overwhelmed with the amount of work she was getting from work that she had to um do all of that those things as well as the mom guilt huge huge in my clients right you know what i mean huge and so to see her go from that state to being like oh i do have a choice and i can have advocacy for myself was i mean gives me goosebumps yeah (laughs) i mean it sounds like they went from feeling trapped trapped and like at the mercy of other people trapped whatever and now she's in this like more empowered state right and i think that it happens differently for everybody like i have a another client who runs her own business who would always like every month kind of have this like burnout cycle where she would just set by the end of the month like kind of burnout um and since we've been working together she's like at the end of the month i have i feel great i don't Mm. i don't feel stressed and that's, that's what life coaching can do for you. And similar to myself, like every time I'm on call, like we do five, five weekends a, a year or whatever, I don't 
feel stressed. I, mm-hmm. I don't burn out. I don't have the overwhelm that I used to experience. Um, and that's, yeah. And I think that, at, you know, I think coming back to what you were talking about in a space of a life coach. So a life coach is there to hold the space and reflect back what your thinking is and help you look at your brain. Right. And, and that's, and that's all it is. And the funny thing is, is that we all know what we want to do. We do. We mm. really do. We just don't necessarily take the time to listen to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a life coach just reflects that back for you. Um, and so, yeah. And yeah, no, I love that. Um, yeah, that experience of that client going from that cycle of monthly overwhelm to like breaking that cycle. And I can't help but ask about mom guilt because I feel like I haven't talked about that yet. And it's so (laughs) huge. And like as a dad, I know there's dad guilt, but I also know that mom guilt has like a very special flavor of Mm. guilt. (laughs) And I see it in Mm. Emma. So I'd love to learn more about it so I can understand it and and Emma, my my wife, (laughs) to understand what it is. (laughs) I mean, really like guilt is just an, an emotion or a feeling, right? And it is coming from, again, our thinking, right? So whatever we think we should be doing or should, you know what I mean? Whatever that is, is creating the guilt that actually helps us not show up as presently with our kids and stuff, right? Because we're, you know, just in our, in our minds, like just perpetuating this, like, Oh my God, I should be doing something else. It's like, you shouldn't be shitting yourself ever. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that like a lot of that has to do with underlying how you were raised, underlying societal beliefs. And so working with a life coach to kind of tease that out, right. Um, is, is really beneficial, right? Because um, I think that it is a really common thing to have for, um, yeah, working moms. Yeah. Or not working moms, like sure. stay at home moms, because there's the stay at home moms too that say, like, I should be like, uh, doing this or like, you know, whatever. And then the, the working moms say I should be doing this. Mm. And then the like, you know, working part-time say I should be doing this. And we're all just shitting ourselves. Mm. And it really, all of it is correct. All of it is right for your family. All of it is the right answer because it's for you and it is the reality. Um, and so, you know, how you want to show up in your life and how you want to be present with your kids and where they are in your higher crew of, your needs in your life is completely up to you and can be your choice, right? Yeah. So it sounds like it's a lot around just like those expectations, whether internal, external, unseen or seen. Because I think there's a lot of unseen expectations that like don't, people don't identify like, um, like, I don't know, Emma might kill me for this, but like, she you like edit to, it out if you want. Here. Yeah, just like I feel like so Emma has to have like a salad at every meal. I think it's because her mom had to have a salad at every meal, uh-huh. and it's like sometimes I think it's like I don't know if she really wants to make the salad, <laughs> like, it's, but it's like it's supposed to be there, kind of. Yeah, and I mean I'll pick on myself now because I shouldn't pick on Emma, but um, I feel like that's an example, just a simple example. But I mean I know mm-hmm. that I myself and I'm not a mom, obviously, but like I had a lot of guilt around not teaching my kids Spanish <clears throat> because wow. I. Grew up speaking English, moved to Venezuela, became fluent in Spanish, as difficult as an adult. And I was like, oh, for my kids, I'm going to speak to them in Spanish. So him and I were speaking to, in, to our kids in Spanish or like to each other in Spanish all day long in the house. And so mm-hmm. our daughter was speaking Spanish. And then one day things happened. Family moved in with us. Too many languages. Like I didn't, I didn't take that stand of like, this is what we're committed to is like our kids learning Spanish. And so I really let it drift. And I was really mad at myself for a really mm-hmm. long time because now my kids mm-hmm. are not bilingual at all. 
And I was really angry with myself for dropping the ball there and like a lot of shame around that. But then it's like, who set up this expectation? It was me. (laughs) And like, would I love it for my kids to be able to bust out like fluent Spanish if they needed to? Like, absolutely. But like the weight I was giving that like mm-hmm. lack in my life was so heavy. And it actually like it was messed with relationships with the people that I deemed to be like sort of responsible for me not being able to continue with it and like mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And like finally a couple of years ago, I just let it go. And it was like very freeing to just be like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't teach my kids Spanish. Like 100%. that's it. And like, what if nothing went wrong there? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What if it but it is very fascinating how the expectations and stuff like that comes from us. And often the self-critic is always inside of us, right? And that comes back to, again, how do we talk to ourselves? How are we having our own back, right? Like you did the best you could with what was going on. Great. And I think, and I think it's really tough for moms because this is a theory I have, is that like the, my parents' parents' generation... And I mean, I know that the human condition has never stopped existing. Like people have self-doubt and like all that. But I feel like around parenting, that generation just did whatever the heck they wanted. <laughs> and, like they did atrocious things to their children and like, you know, hit them and like all sorts of stuff. And they just didn't care. And then like my parents' generation, I feel, was trying to like wean that away. And then my generation, like, so I was, I was a stay-at-home dad for like two and a half years. And I really felt like... Um, there was just so much self-doubt in the parenting community. Yeah. And I, there's more information than ever about parenting and whatnot. But I feel like there was this generation that probably was like doing terrible things, like actually like hitting their children and things like that, and just didn't think twice about it. And like driving cars without seatbelts and like never putting sunscreen on their kids, you know, and then there's yeah. my generation that's trying so hard, I feel, to do the right thing, but feels like they can't do the right thing. Yeah. And that can kind of get into overwhelm as well. Like I know that there are physicians and other people that do a lot of parent coaching because it's such a, in our society, there's just so much information, right? Um, And again, it comes down to like our decisions, right? We can just make a decision and have our own back from it. Like we can just, you know, (laughs) this is how I'm going to raise my kid. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's tough. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like so many things like, I mean, I guess like I should, I remember my mom saying like, you know, there's like these expectations people have for other people's kids too, like that they need to be wearing shoes or they need to be wearing socks or whatever it is. And it's like, and people just come up to you when you have a kid, like they didn't do it much with me. Cause I think I'm a guy. I think they do it more with moms where like strangers would come up to me and be like, I, you know, they'd basically say like, I think your kid is wandering too far away from you at the mall or like your kid should have gloves on right now. And every time that happened, I did feel like this sense of like, am I doing a bad job? Because I didn't have enough confidence at that time in my parenting. And I feel like if someone's dealing with something, it's so like, that's brutal. Like, because obviously, like, I don't know any parents that don't want to do a great job. But I know a lot who feel like they're not doing a great job. Yeah, for sure. And again, that comes back to like, I'm not good enough. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making the mark. I should be doing something better. I should be a better parent, right? And what if we like dropped into... I'm exactly where I should be. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like had that more compassionate um, and accepting kind of place where you are. Um, I mean, you know, there's a book, start where you are, you know, the, all this stuff, right. It all comes down to that. But I think, I think parenting is definitely something that I coach on a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all comes back to your thoughts and how that's showing up, but you're right. Society has huge expectations. Um, but, when I say society has huge expectations, it's actually you. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can make you think anything. Nobody can make you feel anything. Nobody hurts your feelings. You know what I mean? Like 
yeah. you're internalizing that and having a story around that. And, and I think that parenting, I think as a physician, what I have, um, I think every physician can probably relate to this is, is a very humbling experience, right? Cause you're like, yeah, I'm a family physician. I work with kids and blah, blah, blah. Or like p- my pediatrician mm. friends are like, yeah, I'm a pediatrician, blah, blah, blah. You don't know <laughs> until you're in it. <laughs> You don't know, know, right? (laughs) And and I often have a thought that I really like for myself is I'm the perfect parent for my my kid, right? Mm. I'm the perfect person for him. So yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I had all sorts of plans on what kind of parent I was going to be before I became one. Of course, we do. It's like Mike Mike Tyson has a saying: everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. (laughs) Yes, everyone has a plan until you actually have a kid. Until you realize that, you know, yeah, it's very humbling. It's fine. It's, I mean, it's, it's the, they're the biggest teachers we have, right? You know what I mean? Whatever they bring is beautiful. Um, But yeah, I think that again, that goes back to kind of like this self-confidence, the self-worth of just being like, nope, this is how, you know, my husband and I have decided to, to, to tackle this and just being like, yep, you can have your feelings. You guys can yeah. have your feelings. That's cool. Yeah, when the stranger tells me they should be wearing gloves, I'm like, cool. cool. Oh, yeah. Cool. Sure. <laughs> if they were your kid, they'd be wearing gloves. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks. Roger that. <laughs> <laughs> Roger that. Point taken. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Awesome. Well, this has been awesome. Um, is there anything else that you want to make sure people know 110% before we uh, finish up? Well, I, I just think that... Um, if you've been curious about coaching in any form, I think you should reach out, whether that's with me, whether that's with another one-on-one coach, whether that's with a group program, or you just start doing some podcasting and get curious about it. Investing in your mind is the best thing you could ever do for yourself. Absolutely. 100%. Very cool. Thanks so much for having me. I don't know. This is awesome. I love jamming out and like <clears throat> ended up talking about all sorts of cool things that I had no idea we were going to talk about. So it's really awesome. Mom guilt and you know, changing perceptions and relationship with time. I love it. And so if people do want to reach out to you, what's the best way for people to follow you, contact you? Like, let's make sure everyone's got that. Sure. So I'm on Instagram at a galley. Uh, at a G A L L I E. Um, you can check out my website at anniegallylc.com and you can reach out um, by email at anniegallylc um, at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah. So, Instagram, website, and even your email. Yeah, Very whatever cool. you want. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I do free discovery calls, but really you can use it as just uh, ask me some questions um, and I'll point you in whatever direction um, you need. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Sounds like a very nice, nice, uh, simple offer to help people figure out what they need and have a free or free discovery call. Yeah. Very cool. Alrighty. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Hey there. Thanks so much for having joined me on this episode of the Clean Bill of Wealth. I really appreciate you taking your time and having listened to this episode, uh, whether you're multitasking, driving, walking the dog, or jogging, really, really appreciate it. As always, feel free to head on over to galenhelpsdocs.com to sign up for the Financial Literacy Challenge and be added to the email list so you'll be the first to know when there's a new episode out or when I've added a new whiteboard video to the series. Also, there you'll see a button if you want to just book some time with me. If you have a big question around finances, you're not sure you're going to find the time to go through the video 
videos and the challenge and the workbook, feel free to book a no strings attached call with me. And the last big thing is if you do sign up for the challenge, you will also get access to the masterclass videos that I've started filming with my guests around things like money mindset and how to start a side business quickly and many more to come. So be sure to head on over to galenhelpsdocs.com if you want to check that out. And I will see you on the next episode. Have a great day.